Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group, Remax Results. Welcome to Rochester Real Estate, featuring Robin Gwaltney from Gwaltney Group, Remax Results, and Andy Brownell. Here's Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning and welcome to uh, a pretty darn nice morning for the month of February, I'll say that. I'm Andy Brownell along with Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group Remax Results. Good morning, Robin. Good morning. Yeah, this weather kind of reflects where we're at in the market. It's the spring market for sure. It's spring, so yeah. Might as well have the spring weather to go along with it. I'm all for it. 100% for it. Me too. And you had a little bit of sunshine on Friday to boost our mood. I love it. Just helps me so much. Oh my gosh, it's so good. And even though it was a little chillier, I say I'll take 20 degrees in sunshine over 36 degrees in gray, cloudy skies. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm with you on that. If I worked outside, I might feel differently about it, but because oh, I no. don't, yeah, I like if the you, sunshine. If you can stay out of the breeze, that sun is so warm this time of the year. Yeah, it's nice. It's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, guess what I've been noticing outside? People are getting ready to start building houses. Oh. I actually, I drove through, um, well, you know, people are getting ready for parade homes that's coming up. And so they're finishing up on some construction. We're seeing more and more of it. I'm excited to hear that and see that. And I've that seen, is exciting. Yeah, I mean, not just in our, it's not just in our market. I mean, actually, the number of newly built homes is on the rise. So I think the lumber prices and stuff, you know, as we all know, went absolutely off the charts crazy but that stuff's all settling down and there's even been a decrease in some of the building supplies pricing so that that's all good it is good news just all the jobs that are tied to a new home it's always a positive for everybody else in a community when there's new construction like that right and it, you know, this article that I have says that while there's a growing number of new homes for sale, builders are slowing that pace until they sell more of their current inventory. Well, I was talking to a builder yesterday, and he told me that he had like nine models, which I was really surprised. And within the last week and a half, five or six of them have gone under contract. So he was really excited. I bet. I didn't even know they did that anymore. Um, you know, I think he was doing them in, he told me like, um, Pine Island and St. Charles and some of the little Zambroda, maybe just some of the little outlying communities where he picked up some lots. And so he put up the models, but he said, it's, uncomfortable when you know you have nine homes out there to sell, but then all of a sudden when two-thirds of them sell within a matter of a days, within a matter of a couple of days, excuse me, that really is um, a good boost in the arm, and it makes you feel like yeah, we're here. The spring yeah. market's here. So Give you some confidence yeah. to move forward. Correct. Um, and I, know, I know one of the things that he did, we talked about um, that 2-1 buy-down and, you know, builders were using that where they were offering to give an incentive to the buyer rather than doing price reductions because, as you can imagine, if you're doing new houses and you start doing price reductions, it just really messes it up for the next new houses to come. Right, because now it's like, well, that one sold for ten thousand less. This is the same house. 
why are we paying 10000 more or sure. 20000 more? But if they gave it in another way, in an incentive during that slow time, then it doesn't mess up the values of the houses. Creative thinking is what that is. Yes, it is. Definitely is. It is exciting to think that uh, they're digging basements again and yeah, having yeah. that all happen. <laughs> it's always a good feeling just to see. I don't know. I mean, we are we have been dealing with such a shortage of inventory for so long, and when I see something being constructed, I'm like, oh, another apartment building, and. I'm like, okay, I get it. That gives like all these young people that are just entering the workforce a place to live. They can move out from mom and dad. I mean, there's clearly a need for it or they wouldn't continue to build them. But I get so excited when I see new houses going up because I'm like more inventory, more opportunities for young buyers or any age buyers at that matter to become, yeah. you know, homeowners. So it's it's a good thing. It is a very good thing. And, and I also wonder if there were more homes if there wouldn't be a need for so many more apartments. Right, right. Yes, I think so. I mean, I'm guessing that Rochester has about as many apartments going up, you know, have gone up recently and going up right now that it should be enough for a while. <laughs> That's funny, though. Five years ago, when that, that real big boom happened before the pandemic, I would have said, oh, my gosh, how are they going to fill We're all these apartments? Yeah. <laughs> but they weren't. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, now they have the... Uh the one that the uh, Wonder Bread Factory, uh, that one might go in, and then also the YMCA building right by Soldier's Field. That looks like that'll be an apartment building. Yeah. One of the things we are going to see happen is one thing that's going to free up a lot of inventory, a little bit off track, but one thing that's going to free up a lot of inventory is for the last few years, the investors have been out there just full forces. And because, you know, the interest rates, it's always a little more expensive to buy an investment property than it is to buy, uh, you know, your residential property that you're going to live in, right? But if the base rates were at two and a half or three, the little bit of a hike up for the investment properties was still so affordable that anybody who had ever thought about owning investment properties was diving in. And then, of course, there were always those investors that had the cash and were beating everybody else out only to buy those properties, sit on them for a few years, maybe flip them or maybe just rent them, but then, you know, turn around and make the profit. Well, because we're seeing the investors pulling out of the market, that is going to show more inventory out there for the people who just want to buy them as their primary residence and live in them. Because I actually found, um, where did I read it? I found something that said the fourth quarter investment uh, property investors were pulling out and it was like down by 19.8% or something like that, the number of investors that were buying. So that was that's good. So in other words, for the investment property, they were finding a place that was giving them a little bit bigger margin on their money. Right. Which is good news for the regular folk. Correct. That is exactly right. So I think everything is, you know, like I said, the last few weeks, I think things are really um, positive. The, the rates are not jumping all over the place. They've kind of settled in. We've seen them even go down a few times. They're... 
any people ask me, you know, what are you seeing people locking in for? And I'm seeing anything from five and a half to six percent okay. on thirty-year conventional mortgages. Which heck, that's nothing normal. Wrong, nothing wrong with that. So what? And, Oh, go ahead. What we're seeing between the interest rates and everything you're describing, and we're after all this craziness, and other than the shortage of inventory, we're almost to a normal marketplace here. Yeah, it feels really good, and I feel like um, you know we are seeing multiple offers. We are seeing things sell really quickly. We are seeing you know listings sell at very good prices, full price and very close to it, you know, when it's not in multiple offers. So it's a healthy market. And um, like I said, I have a really good feeling about real estate here in Rochester and surrounding areas in this 2023 market. So I think it's definitely time to jump in, buyer or seller. (laughs) It's a good time. Trust me on this, guys. Well, in this market particularly, I don't know if there ever has been a bad time. No, I mean it was. There were frustrating times to be a buyer. You had to have some sure. doggone patience of steel to be a buyer, and people can only lose out, lose out, lose out, lose out so many times. And you know, it's hard. It's really hard on buyers. It was. It was a tough. That was tough. But it was an, it was emotionally and stressful. But it it was always a good financial move, regardless. Oh, good, good financial move. It was just you know, it's not an easy pill to swallow to pay fifty thousand over ask and and say, oh, sorry, you didn't you know offer fifty thousand over <laughs> ask and say sorry that wasn't enough. You didn't get it. A cash buyer got it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Somebody offered seventy five and season tickets to the you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I, it was so crazy. All right. Well. We we have to take a break, Robin. We'll come back in just a moment with more Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group Remax results on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. We'll be right back with Robin Gwaltney and Andy Brownell on Rochester Real Estate. This is News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. String Gwaltney from Gwaltney Group Remax results and Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 Welcome back. Andy Brownell with Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group Remax Results. So, Robin, with this shift in the marketplace, interest rates are a bit higher than they were a little over a year ago. And all these different loan products, mortgage products that are out there that until we started doing this program, I had no clue that they even existed. Um, Does that... Does this impact how much money you have to put down when you're getting into a home buying uh, transaction? Yeah, that's a really good question. There are still a lot of products out there that you have to have a minimum down payment, you know, 3% down, uh, 5% down. We also have, you know, there's four, four lenders in town, I believe, that do the physician loans. So if you're a physician buying a home, you can have 0% down and still avoid um, mortgage insurance, which is really awesome I mean they're taking they're taking uh, into consideration <coughs> excuse me that a lot of the people that are just starting out as physicians have also accrued quite a bit of um, student debt oh yeah you know, I and, think that's a given yeah yeah and so instead of making them come up with the down payment and then 
often if you have a zero down payment or anything less than 20% down payment, you have to pay mortgage insurance and that just adds more money to your payment. And so they're just trying to figure out creative ways to work around that. But um, that's physician loan. But there are loans, you know, there's rural development loans for if you're buying outside of the big cities and you can get really great products. But in addition to what you need for a down payment, what some people forget about is they've got to also bring closing costs to the table, okay? So whether, let's just say you are getting a loan where you're borrowing 95% and putting 5% down. Okay. So, um, you know, we'll just say, all right, so 5%, let's just say you're buying a whatever. Let's pretend it's a $300,000 house, okay? Mm-hmm. So then people say, oh, great. So I'm buying a house for uh, $300,000, so I've got to have fifteen grand to bring to the table for my down payment. Well, you do have to have that, but then you also have to have money to cover your closing costs. And sometimes buyers say, oh, I didn't know anything about that. So... How much is that going to cost? Well, it depends. It could cost anywhere between 1% and 3%. Now, if you're getting a mortgage someplace where they don't have the 1% fee that goes to the lender, you know, like some of the credit unions, their their mortgage people there are just on salary or, you know, however they pay them, but they don't get paid through the, the loan product itself. Okay. Then those are going to be less. And But sometimes the interest rates are higher. So it's not always, you know, cut and dried. You, you really want to understand these numbers. So you really want to know what questions to ask. So not only what am I going to have to bring to the table for my down payment, but what are my closing costs going to be? And those closing costs are things like the lender is going to want you to pay one year up front of your home insurance. They're going to want to pay one year up front of your property taxes. They're going to want to pay um, uh, the closing fee. I mean, that's at the attorney's office or the closing company. That's typically between $250 and $500. There's um, state deed tax. So when you purchase a house, you pay in the state of Minnesota $3.30 per thousand that you're borrowing. Okay. Oh, so, wow. yeah. So if you're in the case that you're um, paying $15,000 dollars down if you're borrowing 285,000 then you don't take 1000 you just say 285 times $3.30 so now you're paying another $940 and the seller is paying $2.20 so the state of Minnesota is actually getting $5.50 per $1000 spent on real estate so that's the uh, state deed tax Okay, so you add up all those fees and whoever you're working with as a lender and as a realtor should be able to tell you exactly what these fees are going to be so that there's no surprises and you know exactly what you're going to need to bring to the table. So sometimes it just requires a little bit more um, than you think. Well, we used to when I was newer in real estate, it was very, very common to work that number into the loan. Right. Okay, so it's illegal for a buyer to borrow the closing costs. So if you just said, okay, I'm going to have 15 
$1,000 in closing costs. So in, I'd like to just include that in the loan. So instead of borrowing, yeah. I'd like to just borrow 300000 even though I'm putting $15,000 down because I want to borrow enough to pay for my um, my closing costs. Well, that's not legal. When did uh, they change that? Because I'm pretty sure that's what we did. Well, it's not what you did. It's just what you think you did. What you did <laughs> is the seller paid your closing costs. So it's uh, legal for the seller to pay it. And so when buyers come, when a buyer's agent writes up an offer and says, we want the sellers to pay our closing costs, the sellers are like, no, we're not paying their closing costs. No, you don't understand. Their offer was going to be 300000 because that's what we're asking. Now they're offering to pay 315000 but they're asking that in return, we pay $15,000 toward their closing costs. Gotcha. So you are, in essence, you know, incorporating that into the loan, but it's the way we have to write it. We have to say that the seller is paying $15,000 toward the buyer's closing costs. Now, sometimes, you know, back in the day, if the house were listed for 300000 we could say, we'll offer you 300000 but we want you to pay 15000 of our, you know, toward our closing costs. In other words, we're really only offering you two eighty-five. Yeah, it's the same thing in essence. Well, it is, except for if you're adding it to the top. So if you say three fifteen when the house is listed for three hundred, you're just adding it to the top. Yeah, so you, yeah. you know what I mean? They're still yeah. getting they're still getting what they asked for. Right. So during the crazy market in the last few years, it's like closing costs paid by sellers? Ha 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 ha. We don't care. You could you could say I'll give you 50000 over the ask, and all you got to do is give me back 15000 in closing costs, so I'm still 35000 over. It wouldn't work because there was somebody that was willing to give 35000 over without the closing costs, and you can probably imagine why it would matter, and that is because the house has to appraise for whatever that number oh, yeah. is on the purchase agreement. So if now we're upping the offer by 15000 to have that room to build in those closing costs and the house doesn't appraise for that additional 15000 then we have a problem. I never thought of that, yeah. Yeah, so again, this is why you need an expert to give you advice and guidance because we are now starting to see some people asking for closing costs. Typically, they're going over and above the ask price, but sometimes we're seeing, hey, here's a full price offer, but can you at least pay 5000 toward our closing costs? So instead of just coming in, so let's say, Andy, I have your house listed for 300000 and you and your wife talk and you say, well, we know, we know between the two of us, we know we'd really be happy if we get 295, we'd be thrilled. So then if all of a sudden we bring you an offer and it's okay, here's your 300,000, but we want you to pay $10,000 towards the buyer's closing costs. You might respond by saying, no, we're not going to do that, but we would pay $5,000 toward the buyer's closing costs. So in essence, you're basically saying we are willing to counter back at two ninety-five gotcha. instead of 300 All part sense. of the negotiations. It's all part of the negotiations. And it's just so important that, you know, when you're doing this, you are being guided and led by somebody who knows knows how to do it effectively, you know, and can help you get the best 
the best house for the best price or if you're selling your house to get the top dollar for the house that you're selling. Yeah, it doesn't matter how you get there as long as right. you get there. And as long as you get there and it's going to be seamless and painless and, you know, it's going to work for all parties. Because how many times have you heard me say nothing, nothing beats a win-win. So if I can allow you to add your closing costs onto your loan by me saying that I'm paying for it, but at the end of the day, I'm still walking away with the number that I wanted to walk away yep. with and feel good about, we all get what we want. The bottom line is the bottom line. The bottom line is the bottom line. So, curiosity question. Why did they make it illegal? Because, in essence, they didn't. Because I know. <laughs> it's just it's just all it is. I mean, it's always been that way. It's just one of those things that say um, buyers can't finance closing costs. However, sellers can pay them for the buyer. <laughs> so it's just the way around it. You know, it's just it's just the way it is. It is what it is. It's, it's the government. <laughs> Do I need to say more? It Don't is even government. ask. Don't even ask. <laughs> Exactly. All right. But it's just so hard for sellers to hear that. And they say, I don't want to pay their closing costs. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. Well, I learned something today. That's for sure. We have to take another break. Robin, back in a moment uh, okay. with more with Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group Remax Results on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. We'll be right back with Robin Gwaltney and Andy Brownell on Rochester Real Estate. This is News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Dell Technologies President's Day event is here with deep... Robin Gwaltney from Gwaltney Group, Remax Results, and Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning, everyone. Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group, Remax Results with us on Saturday morning and we've been talking a lot the shift in the market and now we're back to a more normal market but now we're heading into the spring market which which is traditionally busier and a hotter market than most other parts of the year Robin what what do you tell the prospective buyers now as you prepare them to go out and look at homes and make that decision on which home to buy well, that is a really good question. I mean, I always, as you know, I always sit with my buyers and do a lot of listening first. You know, what is it you're trying to accomplish? Is this something that, are you looking for a home that you're going to live in for a longer period of time, a shorter period of time? Sometimes people know that they're here to do a four-year residency and they have no intention of sticking around. So I gather as much information as I can about what the buyer themselves is looking for, hoping to gain from the transaction, okay? And then we talk about like what things are important, like is it the location, proximity to your workplace or to your children's school or um, maybe to a dog park? I mean, everybody has different priorities and so we figure out what the important things are. And at the, at the end of the day, you know, what's always important to me is that they're buying a good house at a good price, making a good financial investment. So I think it's really important that they like the home, but then the numbers have to make sense and it has to be something that lines up with what their plan is. So if the plan is, I just wanna live here for four years, all I care about is at the end of the day, I can get my money back. Um, because I don't want to pay rent. That's throwing money out the window. We want to have a dog. We don't want to be told we can't have pets. We want a fenced yard. We've got small children. Whatever it is, you know. So then 
I say, okay, and all you're really concerned about is getting your money back, well, this is very easy. But if they're saying, you know, I'm really hoping that I can make a wise investment so that at the end of this four years, I've got a good chunk of money, because remember, I went into this with 0% down, so it's not like I'm getting my down payment back, right? But I want to have a good chunk of money to walk away with to use as my down payment. So mm-hmm. I have to, every buyer is different, and I have to know exactly like what their game plan is so I can help guide them and help those, you know, help them reach those goals. I do tell people, I show them the facts, you know, like if they're saying our price range is between 300 and, you know, 350 and 450. I say, okay, let's just focus on what has happened in the last six months in that price range in our market. You know, currently there are, and I'm making these numbers up right now because I don't have my computer open, but currently there are 12 houses in that price range. And in the past six months, those, that price range has lasted on the market on average 21 days. So, you know, these 12 houses that are out there right now, this one's been on the market six days. This one's been on the market 20 days. You know, we, we look at all the facts so that we can be really educated going in. And I try to set them up so that they have no disappointment. You know, I, I, I don't want to set them up for unrealistic expectations. Right. So I feel like the more educated the buyer is when we start the process, the smoother and easier it is. So I feel like information, information, information overload. I try to educate, educate, educate before we start. And that works really well for me. So I well, guess I that's, yeah. that's what I do. So all the time, this is a continually changing process all of the time. You're depending on which price range you're looking at and the market conditions. And that is why it is so important to know the market and know it well. Now, we've been listing properties, you know, pretty consistently since January. And the ones that have been under $500,000, well, actually, a couple of them were just a little over 500000 They are all under contract. I mean, the only inventory that we have left, I'll kind of run through some of them. We've, I mean, they're beautiful houses, but it's just the price range that they're in. We've got 8821 Ridgecrest Drive, just a gorgeous five-bedroom, five-bath house. Now, it was built in 2001, so, you know, it's not as up-to-date or doesn't have the same finishes maybe that you would see in a new construction, but it's sitting on two acres. It's got 4,200 square feet and it's less than 750,000. It's 744. Um, Great house, great price. We've really noticed an um, picking up in activity, a lot of showing. So I have a feeling um, any day now that one's going to pop, which will be just great. We've got another one over on um, 4th Street Southwest, 2918 4th Street up on Eagle Ridge there. Mm-hmm. Six bedrooms, five baths, uh, three-car garage, 2004. That one's 4,160 square feet. That one's 774.9. Uh, we have somebody that's been back in it three times, so I think there's probably an offer coming on that one. Uh, we've got one up on Kate's Lane, 3049 Kate's Lane Southwest, four beds, four baths, but it's huge. It's 5,140 square feet, and that one is 950, has a gorgeous backyard setting. It's on a cul-de-sac. It's got, like, woods behind it. Lots of traffic recently, so, you know, these are taking longer, but they are selling. And then the other one that I have, it's been on the market for, gosh, about three months now, which 
seems like forever, but it's also $964,000. It's a six bedroom, four bath, uh, 4,024 square foot house. Beautiful. Wow. 964,000. So we've got a lot of inventory available in that higher end, but everything else has kind of hit the market and popped. So, sure. Uh, and I think, and I don't think that these houses aren't going to sell. They're just taking a little longer right now. And so you mentioned is. three months. It's that's yeah. used to be normal. That, yeah, <laughs> and it and it is in that price range right now. So okay. I mean, nothing is sitting there becoming distressed. It's just simply taking longer. So it doesn't mean, oh my gosh, that house has been on the market three months. We can come in and offer them a hundred thousand less. No, they're not selling for less than they're worth. They're just taking longer to sell. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Well, so Robin, that's what we've got going on. I think we uh, are out of time. So you have a great weekend. And if somebody wants to get a hold of you and learn yes. more about the things we've been talking about today or anything else dealing with real estate or they want to buy or they want to sell, how do they how do they contact you? Absolutely. Call my cell phone is always your best bet. That number is 507-259-4926. And I look forward to your calls. All right. That's Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group Remax Results on Newstalk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM.